It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. Thank you so much for joining this. If this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the show where we learn how to rock midlife. And we have an amazing show for you today. We're going to talk about two of my favorite topics, happiness and confidence. You know, so many midlife women that I meet, that I work with, that I talk to, tell me, oh my God, my confidence is at such a low. And I also hear, where the heck did my joy go? And there's actually a U-shaped happiness curve at midlife that shows that predictably people have a dip in their level of happiness and well-being in their 40s, kind of when they're staring at 50. And that's the bad news. The good news is that you can make the most of your upswing. And we have two amazing, badass women today who are really going to give you incredible tips, techniques, know-how, things you can do immediately to boost your happiness and confidence. Because, you know, they're really related. I know that when I'm feeling confident, I know for my clients, when they feel confident, they feel a lot happier. It's like when you feel confident, when you like how you look, you're having a good hair day, you're speaking your truth, you're having fun, you feel happy. And, you know, conversely, when your confidence is low, you really your joy, your happiness, your well-being is low. It's interesting when you think about the word confidence, I'm gonna give you some keys to how to be more confident. Look at the word. The word confidence, the root of it is confide, confide, which means to trust yourself. And the thing that I see, and this is the first step in my system that I talk about in my book, Rock Your Midlife, is to be authentic. When you show up without the masks and you feel good in your skin and you're not like comparing yourself to others and you're not leaning into that people pleaser, you're just doing your thing, being your damn self, well, you feel confident. So it really starts with authenticity. When you're authentic, you can really trust yourself, starts with not comparing yourself to others, social comparison. Comparison is really the thief of joy. And another tip, and I'm sure our first guest, Karen Donaldson, is going to give us more tips about confidence, but body language. She's going to talk all about that. Uh, there's a woman named Amy Cuddy who talks all about sitting up straight, standing up straight. I was talking to one of my amazing clients the other day, and she just got a huge contract with a really big organization. And she was nervous. And I was like, you know what you got to do before your meeting? You got to just like, you know, do that V thing, put your arms up like the way you feel when you've just had a big victory, do that victory swoop. She's been doing it. And it really does help because our bodies and our minds are really connected. And when you sit up straight, you, you know, do that victory swoop, you feel so confident. And just a couple of things about happiness. Um, I wanted to mention that there's so many lifestyle changes which really impact your mood, particularly if you're one of those women, raise your hand if you're going through menopause, right? One of those women going through the change, you've got to do the self-care thing. So you've got to make sure that you're eating a healthy diet, doesn't need to be crazy, really whole foods, plant-based diet, eat more plants, don't eat anything that your grandmother would have eaten and maybe eat a little less. So you don't need to go crazy and go on a weird diet. Make sure you're getting enough water, hydration, and dehydration is really associated with um, fatigue. So drink that water, 
make sure that you are moving. Movement is such a great way to boost your happiness. For me, playing music and getting up and dancing is probably one of my favorite happiness hacks, as well as sleep. If you are struggling with sleep, and again, an issue that happens at menopause where our hormones are changing, if you get your sleep under control, you're going to be a lot happier. And just some other quick tips, savor the moment. And I know our second guest today, uh, Jacqueline, is going to talk a lot about mindfulness. Savor the moment. If something good happens, big or small, take it in. Gratitude, so powerful just to bring up your vibration wherever you're at. You're something to be grateful for, being grateful that you're alive, that you have electricity, internet, enough food, fur babies, people you love. And finally, you know, appreciate and love yourself because you are the USU. There is no one like you on the whole planet of the billions of people here. You are meant to be here for a reason. So appreciate and love yourself. So we're going to talk a lot and really dig deep about this whole confidence with our next guest. She is Karen Donaldson. She's a Canadian. Love my neighbors in Canada. And she is a celebrity communication and body language expert. She is a certified confidence coach, an executive public speaking coach, and a number one best-selling author. In addition to being an international speaker, Karen is the body language expert for Cosmopolitan and Women's Health magazines. She is a regular contributor to Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global and a CTV guest communication expert. And she has been interviewed on many national shows, including Tamarin Hall. I saw that interview and you really Hello. nailed it. It was awesome. The List, Daily Blast and Newsy. Her two books are How to Live a Life with No Excuses and Speak Like You Breathe. And if that's not enough, Karen is the mom to three incredible kids. I don't know how she juggles it all. And she's got a diva parrot named Jazz. So welcome to the show, Karen. I am so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Ellen. Excited to be here. So my first question is, um, as I just realized, I did not put us on uh, recording and put us on Recording in progress. Facebook. Um, so my first question is, how do you juggle all this? You know, before we get into the confidence, I can see that you are coaching executives, you're speaking. How do you juggle the personal life and the professional life? That's a really good question. For me, what I do is I prioritize taking time out for myself. And for me, that's actually not brand new. I know that if I want to show up for everything you just spoke about, I have to be okay. So I know I'm pretty in tune with what makes me okay. And for me, it's literally, I'm in Canada, so we have snow the majority of the year, but I simply need to get out and get some sun in. So if it means it's the dead of winter, I'll drive to a parking lot and I'll sit, I'll grab a tea and I'll allow the sun to kind of bake on me. So that's one thing for me, or I'll jump to the spa for a quick hour massage. But to answer your question directly, I have to make time for myself. That's what yeah. it is. That's so important because you can't give from an empty cup. You need to give from your overflow. And I hear so many midlife women are overdoing it. And then when they give to themselves, they feel guilty. So if you're listening, really get that vitamin D. That's so important for our immune system, for our happiness. So let's dig into confidence. So first, how can women be more confident at work? Get a lot of women who are like, I don't want to lean into those meetings. They kind of, especially introverts, right? They're sitting back and then they're feeling like, my career isn't where I want it to be. So what are your suggestions at work? So how can you be more confident at work? Really good question. Here's what, where I want to begin though, before we can get there is a lot of people believe that confidence is not a 
confidence is an emotion and it's not. It's an actual behavior, which means it's a skill set that we can build. So the first step to showing up with more confidence in any area of your life, especially at work, is to choose to act with confidence. And then we get into the tips. But the first thing to acknowledge is I can't wait to feel confident because if I wait for that feeling, you might be waiting for five years, a decade. You might be in the same role for 20 years waiting to feel confident. So here's how you actively and actually show up with more confidence at work. The first thing is this. Commit to sharing what you want, commit to speaking up, and stop focusing on how people will react. So quite often we're fully attached and to the outcome, right? And when we focus on the outcome, we're focusing on how other people will think, what they'll say, what they won't say, what they'll do. And in true Dr. Ellen, we've never had any control over that in any capacity. So I say take back control of yourself. Right? That's so good. It's a kind of what I tell people about weight loss, like focus on what you can focus on, right? Don't exactly. focus on the thing, but focus on your lifestyle change, how you're showing up in the meeting, how you're feeling, what your vibration is, and exactly. don't focus on like what everybody's thinking and where it's all going. That's fabulous, right. a fabulous tip to start. So what else can, what can people do with their friendships? And I think that's a big issue too with women at midlife is particularly if you're kind of at the end of your kids being in school and you're facing empty nests, so you don't have like the school arena for friendships. How can women make friends and also how can they communicate with their friends? A really good question. Here's the thing. Be honest. Stop trying to fit in. A lot of the time we decide what we're going to say or not say based on, once again, the thoughts of other people or the reactions of other people. So the biggest thing is be honest. And the reason I say be honest, it's not as simple as that. The reality is you want to make friends and be friends and, and develop deeping, deeper relationships with people who like you for you, for people who like your quirks. And I wouldn't even call them quirks, who just like you for you. Because otherwise, your people are getting to know someone who's false. And every time you interact with those group of individuals or those new friends, you're having to put on this act, this show, and this mask. And all it does is it adds to your stress. It adds to the anxiety you were initially feeling around meeting new friends. So show up as yourself. The right people will like you and be attracted to you. And those are the people you want to be around anyway. So it's getting, getting some comfort. And you know what? This is me. I've got small wrists. I know not everyone can see. I've got small wrists. I've got a crooked smile. I eat far too much chocolate. Love it or hate it. I'm okay with it. Some might not resonate, but those who love chocolate will give me a high five. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at you and I do not see the crooked smile, Karen, but oh, it's indeed. a great, it's a great suggestion. And I think that the beauty of that is a couple fold. When we show up as ourselves, then we attract our true friends. Like work, we don't always have the ability to choose who's going to be, you know, in the next cubicle, but our friends, we do. And I know in my own situation, um, I made a big shift when I got divorced. So I lost a lot of friends in the divorce. They sided with my ex. And then I really did a lot of um, self uh, really self-searching. And I know now the friends I have love me for me. So that's really important. Don't wear a mask because you're not going to be happy with those friends that are in your life. Oh, so true. It's so true. And I mean, it's, you either learn it sooner or later because it will come out because there'll be a point in time where you get tired of acting. It's just too much work to actually go out. You find yourself always making excuses. Do you want to have a drink? Do you want to go for tea? No, I'm busy, but you're not. You just don't want to put on the mask. So be yourself right? Be honest. Stop hiding. Stop trying to fit in. You want people to be attracted to you for the right reason. And those are the best friends to have. 
And the beauty of that too, and particularly at midlife, is that when we do that, we give other women at midlife permission to do the same. I love when I go on Instagram and I see people not trying to be anybody else, but just being themselves, doing their thing, you know, wearing the hair the way they want to, dressing the way they want. And then it really gives us all permission to shine. So that that is a great, great tip. So I am in a new relationship. So I'm almost two years engaged with an amazing man. So I need some tips on romantic partners. Although I feel like we communicate really well. We both are um, have Mercury and Capricorn. So our brains <laughs> kind of work the same way. We have a really well matched. But for people who are listening who are struggling with their romantic partner, what suggestions do you have for communication? Oh, I have so many, but let's start here. Stop expecting your partner to read your mind. Do not yes. sit and stew in what you think they should notice or don't they see, you know, we've, we've all had these conversations in our head. Don't they see what I want? I've been talking about it. I've been, I've been looking at it and we expect them to highly notice, right? Speak up. So the first one is that don't expect your partner to read your mind. The next one is this is really choose your battles, right? Not everything has to be humongous. Not everything has to be a blow up. When it comes to relationship, it's called compromise. That's what a healthy relationship looks like. Being able to agree to disagree. That's another big piece here because we shouldn't be in it for a matter of competition or I always need to be right. It's okay to be, it's okay to disagree. And that's actually a healthy way to communicate as well. So be okay and be comfortable or more comfortable sharing your opinion, although it opposes or may oppose that of your partners, right? No one has to be right. Choose your battles. So that's another huge one to keep in mind or at the top of your mind as well. Yeah, it's really important. Don't expect your partner to read your mind and choose your battles. And I find it's also important to look at your relationship as a mirror. Like, are you criticizing your partner because there's something you don't like in yourself? You know, it's like so you have to really look at like, hmm, am I upset about what they are doing? Because it's something inside of me. And I think relationships can be such a huge opportunity to grow and thrive. And the you know, let the little stuff go. Like I find with my partner now, it's just, it's just not worth it. And I learned so much from my um, first marriage about mistakes and we fought all the time, mm -hmm. which is this really bad um, dynamic, but we don't, I don't think we've ever really had a fight because we just right. love each other too much. And we all, we just figure things out, but you do have to let your partner know what you need, whether that is, you know, it's a birthday and this is what I want it to be, yes. or I don't like it when you do X, Y, or Z. Like I had to talk to my partner because he kind of gets lost, particularly when he's gardening. He's got, we've got a ridiculous, huge garden and he can go till sundown, right? So if I want to be like, okay, I want to spend some time, make a nice dinner, open a bottle of wine, play some music, watch something on TV. I have to be nice. like, Kenny, um, can you set your phone for seven o'clock and be in for seven o'clock? And I usually give him the seven fifteen, and he's good. So let's talk about family. I know a lot of people listening have those wonderful things called teenagers yes, and also do. adult children. What can you do? And also, you know, parents too, right? A lot of us right. have, we're sandwich. What do you do about uh, the non-romantic uh, parts of your family? Oh, I love that about adult children. I have two of my own. And the biggest thing is here is stop sharing your opinion unless you're asked, right? And some of the language I have, some of my clients adopt when they're speaking and supporting and communicating or wanting to enhance their communication with their adult children is more around like, how can I support you? You know, as a parent, when your children are young, we know we're there to support and fix, but the support looks different as they get older. So more engaging them in conversation as not necessarily your peer, 
just a human being who might be experiencing things that are similar to what you're experiencing as an adult as well. So sometimes we have to take off that mom hat, that parent hat, and not even, it's not even about being a friend. Just be a, a caring and genuine human being, which you are, but hold on to your opinion unless they say, you know what, Dr. Ellen, mom, what do you think? What do you think I should do? Because quite often, most of us just want to be heard. <laughs> There's a lot of opinions out there. So when they're expressing things, at times we need to hold back and just receive it. So it's compassionate listening. It is. It, it truly being is. There. It's like, I think so much is about holding a container. And I think, and I know that our next guest, Jacqueline's going to talk more about this later, but just being present, like realizing, and, and I think with re relationships, particularly romantic relationships, if you've been in it, especially if you've been in a relationship for a really long time, you don't totally know that person. Like every day is new. Every moment of connection is new. And so to just really see that person for the magnificent mm -hmm. divine human that they are and mm -hmm. slow it down and just listen. It's just it hard is, for a lot of people. It is because we're all, we are, we've been groomed to be in solution mode. We're always fixing, we always want a better, and sometimes we just need, a, need, to, need to pause and some of the other questions to ask are just simply, how are you feeling? And stop, and stop talking, right? Yeah. Don't give them a prescription of how they should feel or why they're feeling it that way. Just listen, and genuinely listen, actively listen. And when I use the word actively listen, here's what I mean, because we hear it all the time. Do not start to create or preempt your response while the other person is talking. So just as you shared, be present, be there with them. Listen all the way until they finish speaking because quite too often the person's responding before the other person's finished talking. And in that essence, we're, we're only hearing them. And, and as humans, we can innately hear things. So we hear the wind. But when you actively listen, you're present with a person. You're, uh, you're, you're connecting with what they're saying and you're replying based on what they've said as a whole, not what you think they've said. So yeah, that, that active listening is yeah, important. Back, back to your first point about like not looking at the outcome that you want and just sort of be open and spacious in terms of just holding space for what is going to rise. I always love asking people, what do you need? Or how can I support you? Yes. Um, yes. And, and keeping with, I think with kids too, I know my kids are, let's see, 21 and almost 25. And so that is a big switch when you sort of, you sort of, you know, big kids, big problems, right? And you kind of worry about them, but they're really in charge and you have to somehow keep the, the lines of communication open. So if they really do need something from you, you, you can be there for them. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about toxic relationships. What is considered a toxic relationship? Really good question. Again, any relationship that primarily makes you feel worse instead of better could be considered, and I like to use the word toxic and unhealthy because quite often or at times when we use the word toxic, some people will dismiss it and say, you know what, that's not me. You know, everything's fine. They're not hitting, they're not abusive. It can also just be unhealthy. So if someone in your relationship is making you feel unsupported, they're demeaning you, they're attacking you, they're making you feel small, you feel like you're suffering when you're entering spaces with them or you, you find that you have to be in a certain stage, box, frame of mind before you go in, that's an unhealthy or toxic relationship. You know, your intention should be to bring happiness and get happiness from a relationship. And if you find that that's being beaten down, that's a sign that your relationship could be unhealthy or toxic. Yeah, it happens a lot to women. I know that it can yeah. be very, very painful and you can get into 
dynamics that really, really aren't working. Um, what do you feel are the most toxic kind of relationships that women at midlife face? It's often with their immediate partner um, and or their circle of friends, usually their female friends. <laughs> So that, that's what I find most often. I mean, with your immediate partner, as we grow and as, you know, for some people in, in midlife, they become empty nesters and some have never had children at their choice or, or nonetheless, things shift. What you perceive is different. What you allow, and that's the big thing, what you now allow totally shifts because you realize that I get to decide or there's a realization that I haven't been deciding. I've been going with the flow. So that's where the immediate partner comes in because we've gotten into a pattern. So if you've been in a relationship or with someone with two years or plus, for two years or plus, or even more than that time of uh, that time, that length of time, there is a pattern of behavior. Sometimes it's automated. Sometimes it's just all we know. And there comes a time where you're like, hold on. I really don't like doing this. And the only reason I'm doing this is because X, Y, Z, and they're not reciprocating and want to do it. So you see one person's used to that pattern. And for that woman, you wake up and you're like, no, this second half of my life is going to be about me and it's okay. So that's where that whole immediate partner comes in with the female friend circles. What I've experienced with working with clients is they've noticed that Either they've been neglected in the relationship or that friend circle, they're the last one to be asked, they're the go-to person for something that kind of, that always, always planner and you didn't really like doing it, you did it to fit in, and now you wanna try something different or do something different. And once again, there's been that pattern of how you showed up. So that's why I say it's more in that, you know, the, with the immediate partner relationship and that with your friend circle, at most times your female friend circle. So it sounds like, Karen, that it's all about acknowledging that you have some control in the situation, that you have to decide, okay, I'm going to show up differently. Or also, you know, like in my case, leaving a marriage that wasn't working for me, that I was very unhappy in leaving. Saying, you know, we get these ideas that marriage is forever, but I think that that's something a lot of women at midlife, particularly because we're living longer and, you know, once the kids go, the dynamic really shifts. And also at midlife, we also um, often have a lot of challenges. Like myself, personally, I'm going through breast cancer right now. So it's like changes your perspective of like, hmm, life is short. Do I want to do these things? But people can be empowered to make uh, different choices to show up differently in the toxic relationships or to leave. Oh, indeed. I think what also switches to tie into what you just said is we start to make intentional choices. Most of our choices start to be made with intention. And if you look at, you know, the first half of your life or first chapter or whatever you want to call it, you'll find that a lot of your choices, not for everybody, were often influenced. And now you're saying, okay, what do I want? Not what will make my family happy, what will look good, what will, do you know what I mean? What will my culture say? What will my partner, no, what do I want, <laughs> right? So that shifts. So the intentional choices is a huge thing and you choose for you and it's okay. <laughs> and it's also that, you know, what you maybe wanted when you were in your 20s or 30s isn't necessarily what you want in your 40s or 50s. So we change. Absolutely. Partners don't always change with us. Absolutely. And I loved what you said about, you know, and that was kind of my situation of feeling like I was climbing this ladder of success and I had all these things, but it was up against the wrong building because it was somebody else's vision or some my vision I had in my head about what 
a relationship should look like. And so you can shift it midlife and you start deciding, you know, what truly is going to make me happy, which goes back to the, you know, I talked about initially about confidence and confiding in yourself and trusting in yourself. So let's just, we have a few more minutes. I'd love to talk a little bit more about confidence because I know that's something that you help a lot of executive women about, something you also speak about. What are some of your other confidence tips? If someone's listening going, oh my gosh, I feel like I should put a bag over my head. I don't like know who I am anymore. I don't feel comfortable in my skin. What would you say to her? Oh, definitely. So I would say when you, you know, a lot of work that needs not the work that needs to be put in is this. We know what we want to say in our head. Quite often the work is getting it out of your mouth, right? I'll definitely go back to commit to speaking up and let go of it. So your win is not getting what you want. Your win is actually speaking up, right? And when you speak up, I often say, be responsible and take responsibility for your feelings and go from a perspective of, I, I feel like this isn't working. I feel like I'm not being given an opportunity at work to present as much as I want to, because it's okay to voice your opinion. And the biggest thing is that your voice matters. I don't care if you have a helicopter pad on the top of your, your building, like some of my clients do, right? Or you have $50 or $500 in your bank account. Your voice matters. And it starts with your self-belief. And, and the last thing I want to say here is, I challenge individuals who want to, who have decided to increase their level of confidence to ask yourself this, what do I believe to be true about myself? Because quite often, once you write down on a piece of paper, what is true about me? A lot of those thoughts have been inherited. A lot of those thoughts have been carried from our parents. We've heard at our workplace, someone said you don't write well in grade six, so you don't think you're a good writer. And I want you to look at it, release it, and develop, redefine, and reset what you want to believe to be true for yourself because we get to decide what our self-belief says. But we have to take the time out to pause, look at what we've been, been believing for the past few years, decades maybe, release it, and rewrite our own story. That is a gem. So if you have a piece of paper, write down, question your beliefs because your beliefs really impact your actions, impact your outcomes, your emotions. And so important to do. There's a wonderful woman named Byron Katie who has a, a something that's literally called the work where what you do is you ask, is this true? So if you have this belief, I'm not a good writer, or I'm not a good speaker, or I don't have anything important to say, you're like, hmm, is it, you ask yourself, is it really true? Then you ask yourself again, is it really true? And usually you can't be 100% sure. That's the second question. Can you be 100% sure that it's true? And then you, you know, ask yourself, how do, does it make me feel when I have this belief that I don't have anything to contribute in this meeting or I, I'm not a good writer? And then ask yourself, how would I feel and who would I be if I jettison that belief? And then she does these turnaround pieces where, you know, this kind of work, right? Where you'd say, yes, I, I am something that could be equally true. I am a good writer. I do have things to contribute, but it really comes down to raising your hand, leaning in. Mm -hmm. um, what if a woman doesn't feel... Um, authentic any thoughts when she's like feeling imposter like an imposter imposter syndrome when she feels like i have a real hard time showing up as myself okay so here's why where i go to similar to what you're saying about byron katie i ask you to consider this question is it a fact or is it a feeling because quite often we allow our feelings to drive how we act and what we think and i want you to look at the facts because i'm not sure if i can say this ladies we are bad asses in this world and often we look for external acknowledgement. So I want you to write down however you're feeling that imposter syndrome, what's the actual fact? And you will actually see for yourself that what you're thinking is your emotion talking. Write down the facts, see how badass you are and walk in the world 
as your authentic self because there's no one else like you in the world. All right. So the bottom line is walk like your authentic self because there is no one like you in the world. Karen, it's so good talking to you. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking to Jacqueline, who is the freaky healer. I've been dying to ask her where she got that moniker because I love it. She's going to ask Karen a question. And we are really going to dig into how to really be your happiest self at midlife. We'll catch you on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause, and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are, and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Rock Your Midlife with Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Have a question for Dr. Ellen or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Here again is Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer. Welcome back to Rock Your Midlife. I am so grateful that you are here. And I want to let you know that the show is sponsored by TheOptimal.me for the midlifer who wants to feel younger, stay active, independent, and energetic without pain or injury and feel confident that this phase of life is their best yet. 
You can take control of how you age with the optimal.me. You're never too old to take a smarter approach to aging and give yourself the freedom to make the next chapter your best chapter. And I have been using it. I'm, I'm a jock at heart, but you know, as we are aging, we really need to take care of our bodies in new ways. And it's super easy and fun to use. Check them out. You can get a month for free. It's the optimal.me. So our next guest is known as the Freaky Healer. She is Jacqueline Pertel, and she is a best-selling author, speaker, knowing of the soul, thought leader, mindful happiness expert, and holistic practitioner with 24 years of experience helping thousands of clients discover their own happiness and how to live a conscious and mindful life. She has shared her solid teachings through her best-selling books, her podcast, The Daily Freak, and presentations all over the world. Jacqueline, welcome to Rock Your Midlife. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Ellen. Really excited for this. And I should say, you, are, you were born in Switzerland, but now you are in, uh, in Florida. And before the break, I, we were speaking about you asking Karen a question. So we just spoke with Karen. Do you have a question for Karen? I do. And it's like something I think is really great to address, which would be um, when you were speaking, Karen, I love, love, love all your answers and your teachings and wisdom. And so what would you say to moms in what they could share and how they could share about confidence to their young daughters? Because I really do believe there is, you know, what we do and what we do now in our next chapter of the life, but also like how can a mom share confidence and kind of, you know, support the confidence in their younger daughters, like a, a trick or two that we, you say, like that is really important. I absolutely love that. So I'm a mom of two. My girls are older, but it started at a very young age. The biggest thing, it's not exactly what you say, it's what you do. So when we look in the mirror and I look in and I say, oh, geez, I'm chubby. Let me tell you that your daughter, no matter the age and the younger, this is when they're more conscious, conscious of it. They're watching and they're receiving and they're eating all of that up. So as moms, Please be intentional with what you say to yourself because your young ladies, your daughters, your kids, your female daughters, including your young boys, will be taking that in and they'll replicate your behavior. So all of a sudden they're now looking in the mirror and they're finding only faults about themselves. So it's more so around what you do. And the biggest exercise is literally waking up in the morning and you know acknowledging what you love about yourself. And for me at home with the kids, it was always around the, the dinner table or breakfast table. What do you love most about yourself? And I made them answer. Then all of a sudden it becomes a pattern. Then all of a sudden that's what they primarily start to see because we have to counteract what they experience in life and what they see socially. So that positive talk with them and having them answer those questions so they can verbate and verbalize what they actually like and love about themselves. But it's the doing matched with the speaking with them and speaking to them and having them converse with you. Great answer. So you've got to be a good example. It's more what you do yeah. than just what you said. I, I actually got such a great feeling. The, the other day, my mother told me, my daughter didn't tell me this, but my mother told me I'm very positive, right? And my, my daughter said, it used to really annoy me, mom, how positive you were. Mm -hmm. But now she was like, I'm so glad. And I'm learning so much from you around that. So it was like, wow, yes. it took 25 years to get that. But yeah, do, do show up because they are, are watching, particularly around the eating, the body image, because 
um, girls are picking up all the time. So let's get into happiness. One of my favorite, favorite topics. So before, actually, before we get that, I want to know, how did you get the name The Freaky Healer? I love that moniker. Like, did it just pop up one day? And what does that mean to you? Well, it certainly kind of just popped up one day because I'm a very aligned person and I kind of just go with and always ask and listen to what's coming in for me. And, you know, like back in time when we have two kids and uh, when the kids were smaller, I always worked and uh, helped, you know, clients, yet it was more kind of like on the, you know, in the private ways you know and then I started writing creating a blog and I'm like well wait a minute I need a name for a website and one day I'm like okay what's it gonna be please <laughs> and it was freaky healer and we were at a picnic we lived in Italy back then and we were at a picnic and I said well people I need a name for my website how about freaky healer and everyone was just jumping up and down saying this fits so well it fits so amazing and um, that's how Freaky Healer was born. I always want to, when that question comes, I always want to say, well, I stood on top of a volcano and there came and spewed and I had this. No, it was actually kind of just waking up in the morning and saying, so, and then that there comes. And I'm really glad I did because to this day, I just love it. And what does it mean to me? Well, it kind of initiates for you to already kind of like come with an open mind when you see me and when you work with me because to me it's like first of all all I do is very very specific for every person a little different because um, you know every person is layered differently and I work with energy right and so it's very specific and you are your unique you. So when you read Freaky Healer and then you actually contact me and you look at the work I do, it opens you already up energetically to Freaky Healer. Oh, what is that? And then there comes that wonder and that magic and that, who, what does she do? And so, and it builds kind of like the stage for my work because not all of my work is, well, guess what? You know, work week one, we do this. Week two, we do this. Week three, we do this. No, it's like really for you to getting to know yourself better and going closer to you. And quite frankly, <laughs> that's very unique. And you got to be very open and a little bit on the freaky side to say, well, who am I? Because I'm very unique and I want to align with that. So it's a one, it served me well. And it's a wonderful stage opener to, you know, what I do actually. Yeah, it suits you. And I would say it's a magnet for giving other people permission to be themselves and magnetizing people who want to be like you. Cause I did looked at your website and your vibration and you're very unique and very, and it's fun too. You're not taking yourself so seriously. And I think when we think about healing, it's very serious and coaching, but it kind of livens things up and gives people permission. So let's dig into happiness. So what are some of your keys, your steps for people who listen, who want to be happier? Where do you start? First of all, to really realize that nothing has to change, right? Right as you are and what the situation is, that you can literally uh, create a feeling well, you know, feeling well state where you are right now. Because I believe in 
that you can feel well right now. And it doesn't have to be hard because if you say, you know, something has to change, then it's going to be down the road, I'll feel good. Or you have the pressure of something has to change and there comes pressure, there comes expectation. And you're, you're putting the momentum of actually a situation that's not happened yet. So to really just realize right now, you know, sit down, breathe, you know, and just look around you and start sensing yourself that you can actually feel well right now. Even if you have tears rolling down your cheeks, it doesn't really matter. You can actually find wellness right now. Nothing has to change. And also that you are okay the way you are right now, you know, and just realize that it's possible right now. And then to start really small, you know, I mean, let's say you are unhappy in your job, for instance, or with your, you know, family situation, that's a real big mountain you're looking at to try to be happy right away, you know, no, to just, you know, put your feet on the ground when you get up in the morning, feel your feet or while you're still in bed, feel your soft, you know, sheets that you have and your pillow and look around and, you know, like these little things and go outside, listen to the birds, you know, and realize, well, what do I like in the morning? Do I like coffee tea or lemon water and well why do I like it oh because it feels so delicious to me and to really kind of dig into these mindful ways of being happy and feeling good and what happens with that is is basically it becomes a habit you know it becomes a habit that you're actually just well the way it is you know and what happens then is you shift into a different frequency because you're vibrating in a frequency of lack and unhappiness or possible happiness you know and to realize what's actually there and when you shift yourself that way you're in a frequency of where happiness becomes your normal way of being without anything needing to happen and then you can start looking at the bigger issues in your life and a lot of them actually shifted because before you looked at them like oh wow that's a disaster well now you're in a different state in a higher frequency you're looking at it through different eyes through a different heart and meaning that not only is your surrounding already changed because everything is always changing, but you have changed too. And then you can work with what's left. And even there, you can find really wellness in everything, really. I love that. So it's all about just being happy where you are at. And the reason that's so powerful is you know, our culture is always saying, you know, when you have that car, that relationship, yeah, yeah. that you lose the way you change your hair, whatever it is our consumer culture tells us you need to do these things and we're happy momentarily, but it's like we're a dog chasing its tail constantly looking for that next thing and that next thing and that next thing. And joy is about being, you know, that inner happiness. I think of it as joy and inner happiness versus sort of external looking for things to make you happy. You can be happy right now in this moment, just like you said, breathing and enjoying. I know I'm, it's spring now and it's gorgeous here and there's migrating birds and there's so much to be happy with. And the, the cool thing is when you start to have that vibration, you raise your vibration, you're happier, then you start to attract those things. So those external exactly. things show up, but they're the external things that are really going to make you happy versus you think like the car, the relationship, the new clothing is going to make you happy. Um, you know, I like a cute pair of shoes, you know, I mean, that certainly is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you're always looking, it's, it becomes addictive, right? That you're looking for something, what's a level of 
what's called dopamine, which is a neurotransmitter. So I love that. So just like look for things in the moment. It's kind of what I was saying earlier about savoring. So if something good happens or finding good things or just enjoying being present. So you talked a little bit about mindfulness. So if people are new to this concept of mindfulness, can you explain what mindfulness is and how people can go about it? Absolutely. And if I may add something on, it's like with the shoes, you know, I like beautiful stuff too. However, it's not really the stuff, it's the feeling that it gives you. And what's the feeling that gives you? You can feel that without even having it. And that's really the trick, you know, to, to focus more on the feeling versus really the what, right? To, you know, because why do we want things? Because it makes us happy. So to, to really dig into the feeling. So about just mindfulness. Just to add to the feeling, yeah. to add to the yes. feeling too, just to say from a law of attraction perspective, the feeling is really such an important piece. Like I have people who are kind of writing down what they want, doing the vision board, all the stuff, but you've got to feel as if you already have it. It's that emotional piece. I call it destination vibration, which is something I talk about in my book, Rock Your Midlife. And that's what I feel attracted this whole beautiful place where I live on this island with this amazing man. Cause I was doing this thing where I was visualizing myself dancing and that vibration of how I feel when I dance. And then I started attracting all of these things that really made me happy. So you've got to bring the emotional piece. I think a lot of people do the visualization, but they don't think about that emotional, really enjoying, like, if you think about like, I know we've got a beautiful background of flowers, like what is it, how does smelling that flower make you feel? So go ahead with mindfulness. So I just wanted to interject. Yeah, no, I love what you just said. Yeah, I love that. I love that because it's that missing link for many. So, right. So mindfulness. Well, I tell you what, easiest way to say this, you can go put on your shoes and go for a walk or you can put on your shoes and sense your shoes and wow, those are running shoes. They make me feel light and fast and jumpy, you know, and really fit. And then you open the door and you smell everything and then you go on a walk. And it's funny because I just, I create meditations that I just created the walking meditation that changes everything because you're going on a walking meditation and then you're looking at, you know, you're stopping what's in your surroundings, what catches your attention, why does it catch your attention? Have you looked in the sky yet today? Ooh, what kind of, you know, what kind of artistic and creative things do you see in the sky? What does the sky even make you feel like? Oh, it's gray. Well, how would you like it? Because a lot of people say, oh, it's gray and rainy. Well, how would you like the sky to be? Imagine it in that color. And to, you know, watch watch the leaves in the wind. When was the last time you watched an ant in the dirt? You know, you talked to an ant, hugged the tree. or So that's kind of like mindfulness. And yes, you can take it all the way to craziness and go hug a tree like I do, which makes me always feel amazing. But you can start little, right? It's like when you sip the coffee. Well, instead of just downing that coffee, ooh, that was good. No, you know, take your time. And how does this coffee make you feel? And chocolate, we talked about chocolate. I'm a chocolate person too. So, well, how does this chocolate make you feel? Describe it in your mind, become imagined, become one with the chocolate, be the chocolate. And then when it's in your body, well, you know, okay, I just put this chocolate in my body. That means if you actually tune into the energetic value of the chocolate and entering your body that means you are raising your frequency 
into the frequency of chocolate, which is amazing. So, and it's just this mindfulness or journal, you know, how do I feel? What's the word of the day? What's your favorite word for today? Terrific. Well, okay. How does that make you feel? How can you use it in complimenting others? Use that word all day long. What's your favorite song? What's your favorite color? Why is it your favorite? How does it make you feel? What's the value in it? So mindfulness is really to just, it's not even just to be present because you can be present and still not be mindful, right? You can be happy and still not be mindful. It's like a combination of things, you know, to slow down in the beginning, to practice a little bit, to become more aware, right, of everything out there and how it feels and whatnot. And then also, of course, you know, then to sense what makes you happy and what doesn't. Because I tell you what, a lot of people say, well, Jackie, but how do you really become happy? I mean, I kind of feel sometimes, but then it slips away again. I'm like, well, you got to kind of realize how happiness even feels for you. You know, how does happiness even feel for you? And then what does it mean for you? Like to become mindful about everything that you do, or you have a headache. Well, how does it make you feel? What's the mindfulness of it, you know what I mean? Or what? where does it come from? Tune into your body. There's all this wisdom. And in reality, it's really getting closer to who you really are. And I just, I think there's just nothing can go wrong, you know, in that way of living because everything is always right out there. The wisdom, how you want to feel, what to do next. And it's just all out there. And that's what I really mean with mindfulness. That's such an interesting perspective and approach. And I love that chocolate metaphor because when oh. you, you think about it and how amazing chocolate is, like when you start <laughs> to think about like where it came from, how it was grown, how it was processed, all of the hands that went into making that chocolate, how it's interacting with you and raising up your endorphins and how it is nourishing your body. Just the amazingness that we can experience this thing called chocolate, like being a human <laughs> is so incredible to be able to experience all of these sensory pleasures, you know, using our sense of smell, taste, touch, eyes, hearing, connecting with other people, loving other people. It's all neurotransmitters in your brain making you feel a certain way, but you can actively, like what Karen was saying, but actually taking control of relationships. We can actively take control of our own happiness and we don't really need to do so much as we need to, to show up and be different and really... Uh, enjoy our present reality and start to really take things in and focus more. I agree. And really to realize to just, it's an inside job. It has nothing to do with the outside because if you base it on the outside, you're constantly chasing something and you cannot really, a lot of times you can't change the outside. Yet the inside of you, it's like when you fall in love with your inner you and you align and you're just like, because even then when you have a sad moment, that's happiness too. You know, crying is so cleansing, you know, that's happiness too. A headache is happiness too, because it shows you, hey, that's what I need to do for myself, right? And to get to know yourself. And that's why it's a real inside job. And the more you do it, the more you fall in love with yourself. And when you're in love with yourself, oh, you're so bright and shiny. And I mean, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna just walk out there and it's just, life is good no matter what. And you have so much to give then too. Yeah. And what an incredible world it would be if everybody saw how magnificent they were, right? If each of us 
I know that you two women look in the mirror and just every day and like, I love myself. I love the woman that I've become. But if you're listening, you can get to this place. It doesn't happen overnight. I know both Karen and Jacqueline and myself, we've been working on this, like loving ourselves, appreciating ourselves, rocking who we are. But it really starts with you being authentic, loving yourself, taking care, doing that self-care to take care of your body slowing down, turning off the media. I mean, the media is a shit show these days. I mean, I won't even say what we I saw today, but you know, you've got to sort of, I love a metaphor someone's used the other day where it's sort of like you, you almost have a brick wall and you're just looking over the brick wall to keep an eye on what's going on in the world, but being able, giving yourself permission to focus on you and giving yourself permission to be present to be happy. So I want to talk a little bit, um, we have a couple more minutes um, about how do you find your purpose in all this? And then we're going to have Karen ask you a question, but real quickly, someone's listening. That's another question I get from women all the time. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I'm doing here. How do we start to lean into our purpose? Well, purpose is a tricky thing because I tell you what, if you're constantly looking for your purpose, when you find it, you've already changed again. You know, you already changed it. Okay, then you know your purpose. But you know what? That purpose is kind of like not even true anymore because everything is always changing. And it can get you really wound up into then further down, you know, feel lower, low because I can't find what am I supposed to do? What I think that really focusing on the purpose of you being you, you, you know, falling in love with yourself. And like you say, hey, I have times too where I'm like not really aligned with myself or not love myself, but I take this as a gift and say, oh, I got some work to do. Where's this coming from? What can I do different? And to really, your purpose is really you being you, you taking excellent care of yourself and you aligning with what's right for you at any given moment because you're always changing and not to focus on that purpose, but more on your inner alignment with you. That means you're always in your purpose. You really are. So be the USG. So we only have a few moments (laughs) here and I want Karen to have an opportunity to ask you a question. So Karen, do you have a, a question for Jacqueline? Absolutely. Jacqueline, everything you shared shared was so yummy. My question is this, as people get in a moment where stuff is just not happening for them and they're in a bad mood, what is that one thing they can do to choose and create happiness within themselves? Like, what can I do in that moment where shit's hitting the fan? Oh, to, it's very simple. Don't try to fix it or change it, but just say, you know what, right now, that's just how I feel. Okay, and that's okay. That's part of me too. So from that p- moment, you don't you don't have any pressure to change anything. Well, what can I do the next step? Change the scenery, go outside, th- shake your energy around, you know, with dancing or exercising or moving. Don't stay in the room that you are. Just say, that's the way I feel and that's okay. And then change the scenery and see everything is going to change right there. And from there, you are easier in a, in a changing mode. I love that. So accept what is, and that is such empowering advice and then go out and do something a little different. So have a moment. I want each of you to share where people can find you. I know that Jacqueline, you also have a wonderful, generous offer of 50% for if people want to work with you, either membership monthly or yearly, it's show special. And where can it be? It's the freakyhealer.com, correct? Yes, freakyhealer.com on the membership and you just put in the code there and I will give it to you. Okay, and Karen, where can people connect with you? People can find me at karendonaldsoninc.com. I have a confidence bootcamp for men and women and you just mentioned Dr. Ellen and we have a special gift for you as well. 
All right, super. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has been so much fun. Raise my vibe. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, I am the midlifewhisperer.com. That's the midlifewhisperer.com. If you enjoyed the show, let me know. Leave me a review on your favorite podcast platforms and let your women friends know about the show because let's all raise our vibes and rock our midlife. Have a great week and thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.